worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us today on this, here in Los Angeles, a very hot and muggy Sunday. Let us now join our hearts and our minds and our voices with our choir as we sing together, Great is Your Faithfulness.
let us now be in a time of prayer, beginning with our choral call to prayer. Good morning, everyone. It's really wonderful to be back with you, even though it's virtual. Kathy asked me to offer the pastoral prayer this morning. Um, that will be followed by the Lord's Prayer, which we will, as always, say together. Loving God, although it's hard to deny that our world has become an even more confusing place, we come to you today with gratitude for the miracles, the big miracles brought to us by science, doctors and nurses, and leadership that at last understands the need for both strength and kindness. We thank you for the medium-sized miracles too, like the ability for hearts to heal after having lost so much for willingness to reconsider, for forgiveness, and the chance to again hug the ones we love. And of course, we offer thanks for the small, private miracles, the little ones we keep close to our heart, the ones we may not be ready to talk about just yet, many of them born from the last 18 months, spent mostly in close quarters or alone tiny course corrections that started out as a mustard seed that now have the chance to come to fruition. And as the world reawakens and decides what it's going to do next, we thank you for the chance to make little miracles happen in the lives of others every day, to offer instead of waiting to be asked, to set the extra place at the table, to visit, to comfort, to dial the number, send the message, to smile, to share what is so abundant, to greet the stranger as a friend, to listen deeply and without fear to hold open the door of life and with complete sincerity say, you first. Thank you for the chances to mend fences or maybe tear a few fences down, build new bridges and widen our tents. 
because that is kind of what you told us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. There are some announcements for us this morning. First of all, next Saturday, July 31st, is our family pool party. Uh, so if you have not signed up already and would like to be part of that uh, fun activity, please do email kevin at hollywoodumc.org uh, and uh, register uh, for our kids to have a great time together outdoors. The first weekend of October, the Wall Las Memorias, an organization that we have had close ties with over the years, we've done strikeout aids and other, item, other things with them, are having a rededication of their uh, monument, the first publicly funded AIDS monument uh, in the nation. Uh, they have refurbished it completely and it'll be a grand celebration that weekend. However, prior to that, if you have a name of a loved one who, has, who we've lost to AIDS and you would like to have uh, their name put onto the wall, you have the ability to submit that at no charge between now and August 31st. So in the chat and also on our website and in my From the Pastor a couple weeks ago, there's a link that you can link to the wall Las Memorias and you can submit that name for free and remember your loved one. And then mark your date, mark the calendar for October 1st through 3rd for a weekend of celebration and commemoration of the wall. And then finally, we have uh, agreed to host a vaccination clinic uh, in coordination with the LA County Department of Public Health here uh, in our parking lot on Sunday, August 29th from noon till 5 p.m. We need some volunteers. We've got, we've got a good group already, but we could use about twice as many. So if you have time that afternoon, even if it's just an hour or two, to be able to provide some hospitality uh, while we offer vaccinations uh, to folks in the community, to our church members, uh, to the folks who are living on the streets, uh, anyone who wants a shot can get one that day. So email me, revkathy at hollywoodumc.org, and we'll be glad to put you on the list. All that we do here is made possible by you, by your prayers, by your presence online for now, but praying that we'll be back together in September, your service, such as helping with the vaccination clinic, your witness to God's great love, and your financial gifts. Uh, we continue to be in need of sustenance financially, so as the Spirit leads you, please give as generously as you can. God bless you.
A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through chapter 5, verse 1. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what we cannot, what cannot be seen, for what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Word of God, words of life. Thanks be to God. This morning we continue our annual summer sermon series, Crossflix, Discovering Faith in Film. During the summer, we're examining films from all genres, classic, documentary, award-winning, animated, and discovering where faith intersects with film. It's one of my favorite sermon series of the year because it gives us the opportunity to introduce a concept of finding faith and spirituality in secular society to our friends and family who maybe aren't particularly religious or who have a suspicion of organized religion but are open to the values of faith that are present in this congregation. Last week, our director of Children and Family Ministries, Kevin McCluskey, preached on the film Sound of Metal and the importance of having stillness in our lives. Next week, our governance board member, Dr. Larry Hyde Jr., will preach on the animated film Soul. And we will observe both the baptism of Oliver Golightly and the sacrament of Holy Communion. Today, we're focusing on the film The Father, for which Sir Anthony Hopkins won the, the Academy Award as lead actor. How many of you have seen The Father? It's a powerful film, even if for many of us, it's difficult to watch. It's the story of 80-year-old Anthony, who at first appears to be in the throes of a lovely retirement in his London flat. He enjoys listening to opera and insisting to his daughter Anne that he does not need any help in daily living. What at first we don't comprehend is exactly how advanced Anthony's dementia really is. But as the story unfolds, we realize that the filmmaker, Florian Zeller, has done something extraordinary. Uh, RogerEbert.com writes that Zeller puts us within the mind of the ailing Hopkins, Anthony, allowing us to experience his confusion as if it were our own. And parenthetically, that's exactly how I felt watching it. But he also offers the perspective of the caretakers and loved ones who try to settle his volatile temper and organize his jumbled memories. We never know what's true, or who, for that matter, as characters come and go and take on various names and identities, depending on his recognition of them. Everything is fleeting, and yet each specific moment feels urgent and real. Let's watch the trailer. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. 
No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? She told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How oh, do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> I must say, he's charming. Yeah. Not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Ashley, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Ma'am, where is she? I'm here. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! This really is my flat, isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. There's something funny going on. Losing one's intellect, one's capacity for memory, for critical thinking and independent living is perhaps one of the greatest fears of aging. In my own family, I watched as two aunts and two uncles both lost all, lost their intellectual capacity to Alzheimer's. And I watched my own mother struggle with a form of dementia in the latter part of her life. I watched as my husband's first wife lived with early onset Alzheimer's and the effect that had on my stepchildren and my own children as they loved her too. I watched the gravity and the pain of her loss of memory, her loss of being, the pain on them and on those of us who love them. I know that there are many of us in this community of faith who face similar pains, similar challenges with parents and extended family and friends. Dementia is an insidious affliction at every stage, as it robs a person of who they had been in this life, as well as robs those of us who love them of their presence. It's also demanding and complicated for adult children who must not only tend to the caregiving of their parents, but also endure their temper and instability that this illness foments in them. Olivia Coleman portrayed the range of emotions of Anthony's daughter Anne brilliantly as she endured his regular outbursts. And then, at one point in the film, in a brief moment of lucidity, Anthony thanked Anne for all she had done for him. In today's scripture lesson from St. Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul writes, so we do not lose heart. 
Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. By our outer nature wasting away, he means that life is taking its toll physically, emotionally, mentally. Paul knew what it was like to face hardship, and he knew what those hardships could do to us. Now, that said, I'm quite sure that St. Paul did not understand the ravages of Alzheimer's in the same way we do today. Remember, back in those days, any sort of mental impairment was considered to be a demonic possession caused by sin, either the sin of the person or of the person's parents. But yet, in this chapter, St. Paul affirms twice, we do not lose heart. Why? And in the case of Alzheimer's, how is that even possible? Physical deterioration is one thing, but what does it mean when we lose our mental capacities? I confess that any answer I might have is completely unsatisfactory. But here's what I do know, that we who have faith in Jesus Christ and the promises of God's eternal love, which Paul so eloquently articulated, have an assurance of God's faithfulness, God's great faithfulness to us all. Paul said, if we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house made not with hands, but eternal in the heavens. And so based on that, here is how our faith informs us. God does not wish any of us to be afflicted, period, with either mental or physical or emotional pain. When we suffer or when we hurt ever, God is the first to cry with us. We will all face trials and sufferings of some kind in this life. And again, God is the first to cry when we are diagnosed and begin that journey, whatever it might be. But here's what matters. God is on the journey with us. God never leaves us to deal with suffering alone. Reminds me of a story from the novel 100 Years of Solitude in which Gabriel Garcia Marquez tells the story of a small town in South America. The name of the town was Macondo, and it was surrounded by a swamp which accounted for its solitude. One day, a little girl wandered into Macondo. She was fleeing her village where there had been an outbreak of a plague that caused insomnia. A family in Macondo took her in and later noticed that one of their daughters couldn't sleep. The plague had followed the little girl to Macondo. At first, people believed the plague wouldn't be too bad because if you can't sleep, you've got lots of time to do other things. But they soon discovered another telltale symptom of the plague, loss of memory. People began to forget where they put things. For example, the names of the tools they worked with and where they put them. They fought this loss of memory by marking things with their respective names so that all they had to do was read the inscription to identify the items. Table, chair, clock, door, wall, pan, cow, pig, and so forth. Later it occurred to them that they might forget what those things were for, so they made the signs more elaborate. The sign they hung around the neck of a cow read, this is a cow. She must be milked every morning so that she will produce milk. And the milk must be boiled in order to be mixed with coffee to make coffee and milk. To ensure that they never forgot where they were, the people erected a sign where the road emerged from the swamp. The sign read, this is the village of Macondo. 
and on the main street, where everyone would see it, they erected a larger sign that read, God exists. Thus they went on living, Marquez writes, in a reality that captured momentarily in words that described what was most necessary for life. Family, they went on living defined not by their memories, but as beloved children in Christ. You see, losing our memories does not discount who we are. Even though our mental comprehension may change over time, that does not mean that we are any less beloved children of God. Dementia does not define Anthony any more than Parkinson's defines Michael J. Fox or HIV defines Magic Johnson. We are more than the afflictions that we experience today, as St. Paul wrote. We are more than them because we have reached out. We have touched, we have affected, we have loved, we have cared for those around us and made precious memories, not just for us, but for others in the process. We are more than our afflictions, as St. Paul says, because as one theologian has written, for a God who can defeat death itself, frail mortal bodies are no challenge for God's power. Instead, God get, demonstrates God's power in choosing mere mortals to bear witness to divine glory. With so great a God working among the Corinthians, there is no need to allow the sufferings of the present age to deter them from testifying to God's new creation. As a community of faith, we are committed to testifying to God's new creation in Jesus Christ, even in the midst of the sufferings that we face with the pandemic, the twin pandemics that we have, we are still called to testify to the new creation in Jesus Christ. And one way we do that is to celebrate life, new life, all life among us, and the extravagant grace of God that comes to us unconditionally and that we celebrate in our baptism. Yesterday, we had the great joy of celebrating that grace and the baptism of Anna, Anna Lee Jane Alt with a few of her family and friends. All of us were fully vaccinated. Let's watch the video. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift to us offered without price. Who are we baptizing today? Annalie Jane Olt. Annalie Jane Olt. And Annalie Jane, how old are you going to be tomorrow? <gasps> On your birthday? I'm going to be five. No. Two. Two. <laughs> okay, she can, she can run. That's fine. Because I have questions for you all first. Okay. So it's, it's just fine. <laughs> On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. I do. Will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church?
that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, say, I will. I will. Let us pray. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and she who receives it, to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in his final victory. Amen. Okay. Annalie, it's time for some water, okay? Annalie, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit work within you that being born a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ, you will be blessed now and always. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we're grateful to you this day for the gift of your grace which comes to us in our baptism. We're grateful to you for the love that you have given to Heather, for Annalie, and April, and for the entire family. And we simply pray that you will bless them as they journey forth on this life of faith that you have called us to. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Christ. Amen. Happy baptism and happy birthday. Thank you. You want to run up the aisle? Come on, let's run up the aisle. Run. Okay. <laughs> At the end of our lives, it's all about the love we give to one another and the memories we've made with each other. And yes, the waves of Alzheimer's or other dementia might wash over our ability to share that love in the same way that we have previously. It just does not change the core of who we are. We are beloved children of God, each created in God's good image, who will be whole again on the other side in the life to come. As Paul wrote, we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. At the end of the film, Anthony asks his caregiver, Catherine, if she knows his mother. Then he begins to cry and call for his mother like a distressed child might when overwhelmed and confused by the world. And Catherine comforts him. He tells her, I feel like I'm losing all my leaves. In an interview in Esquire magazine, the filmmaker Zeller says it was a line that perfectly encompassed the whole film. So then what was he trying to get across? Zeller responded, it's a line that means nothing. I'm losing all my leaves, and yet at the same time, you understand exactly what it means. And in a way, it was the sum of what I wanted the audience to experience through that film, meaning that you are not understanding what is going on, and at the same time, on another level, emotionally, you understand everything. It was the whole journey I wanted the audience to go through in this labyrinth, trying to understand with your brain, understanding that you're not capable of understanding everything, to let it go and to understand everything with your heart. 
The film then ends with a shot of a large tree seen from the window of Anthony's room, leaves and branches moving as the wind blows. Through it all, the tree has its leaves. And because of God's promises, we do not lose heart. Amen. this day, hoping when everything seems hopeless, remembering that we do not lose heart because God loves us so much. Go forth now in peace to love and serve the world. Amen.